five, six, seven, eight. Mothers. Mothers. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Consider with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. We're going to talk about mothers today because Mother's Day was on Sunday, which is very cool. It was. Are you doing anything fun with your mom? Yeah, I am. I'm actually going to go home and see my mom and my aunt and my grandma, who are three of the most prominent mother figures in my life. My grandmother, yeah. my actual mother, and then uh, my aunt is actually my godmother. So, Aw, I love that. Yeah, so it's really That's nice. So I'm going to go home and bring them flowers, and I'm very excited. What about you? Um, I think my mom will be home. Um, she's with my sister right now because it's my nephew's birthday. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure when she's coming back home. So maybe I'll spend it with my mom. Maybe I'll celebrate her a little bit later. But um, Or maybe we'll spend it with our fictional moms. Yeah. Oh, I always sp- <laughs> I spend most days with my fictional mom. That's true. It's very, very true. Um, but regardless of whether or not you have a good relationship with your mom, maybe a hard relationship with your mom, no relationship with your mom, or a pseudo parent in your life. Uh, you lost your mom. Yeah, we welcome you to uh, embrace this episode or or maybe skip this one. Totally up or to you. I know it. Mother's yeah. Day can be hard for some people. So we're just here to kind of celebrate the mothers on the show. I know we did that last year, but it's so funny. It feels so far away. I don't really quite yeah. remember what we did last year. I know we talked about the three prominent mother-daughter relationships on this show. No, we talked about like mothers, like relationships that were kind of like under talked about because I know we talked about Liz and we talked about like some of the relationships with like I know we mentioned Shira we we talked about Mrs. Kim for a little while we did talk about Mrs. Um, Kim but I thought that we yeah. talked about like the three prominent mother-daughter relationships on this show and I believe we? we also did two episodes because we actually released one on Mother's Day and then we had one yeah released a mother on is Tuesday. not a boyfriend yes because we talked about <laughs> you know always kills Lorelai me. and how she was like uh Rory's boyfriends but today we yeah. kind of wanted it to be a little bit of a celebration of some of the episodes that we feel are very mother-daughter centered or give us that mother-daughter cozy vibe and um, also hear from our besties and hear what their hot takes are on the mother-daughter relationships in this show so yeah do you want to start with uh, sharing me some of your favorites? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, I know that I said that we were only going to come up with three. They're not like rankings. They're just like episodes that give us like good mother-daughter vibes because like, you know, it's not like anything that's like relationship heavy it's mostly just the girls Lorelai mm-hmm. and Rory and sometimes Emily um but I came up with like nine but I'm gonna narrow I know down. I have so many <laughs> I have so so many it's like I think my um honorable mentions it was not nine it's like exactly six my honorable mentions were secrets and loans which I know is like a just vibes episode but it's like all about the girls it's mm. like a Rory Lorelai Emily episode it really like, is entirely like there's like almost like no other storylines to that one the other honorable mention was application anxiety. Oh, good just, one. Because again, felt like yeah, it was for between sure. the two of them. For sure. And then the others w- was um, Dear Emily and Richard. Because oh. it's like... We're about to cover that on Patreon. Of, wow. Yeah. Yeah. We really get to the heart of Lorelai and Emily. But my like three that I picked, these are kind of, I think, going to be a little bit um, controversial, maybe. Oh, okay. Two of them definitely will be. I picked Rory's Dance. Oh, okay. I love that. Because it's like we have Lorelai making the dress, but then Lorelai getting hurt uh-huh. and Emily coming and helping mm-hmm. her. Does it Great end well? One. It doesn't. But no, like, but that's it's really reflective a big our... mother-daughter episode for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's really reflective of a lot of our relationships with our mothers. Mm-hmm. So I just, that fighting, you know, <laughs> you know, that's cozy for me. Yeah. Um, 
The other one was the Prodigal Daughter. Returns. Oh my god! Of course, it's on my list too. I, I know, every time, I, every time I think about it, I get chills. Because it's chilly. like the whole episode is just like building and building and building to that hug. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I missed. You, oh, I Mom. can't think about this hug. I'm gonna cry. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> or I love you, Mom. That's what she says. Yeah. No idea, kid. Oh. Okay. And then this one, which for the longest time was my favorite episode of the entire series, um, until partings really just pushed it out, which is the Lorelei's first day at Yale. Oh, because a classic. That one is just like the epitome. Because I think that Ballrooms and Piscotti kind of has like a similar Yeah, for sure. For sure. But there's just something about the way that like Lorelai moving her into Yale and thinking she's going to leave and her coming back because she needs her mommy. And the whole episode is about the two of them, even though it's like this big moment for Rory. It's mm. just like, oh, I think I'm going to go watch it later just because like, oh, it's just such a good vibe. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love that. Those are some really good ones. I really liked yeah, that. I thought so too. Yeah. What about you? Mine are in no particular order. I kind of just went through the seasons chronologically in my mind and I was like, what? feels like mother-daughter vibes um and of course the prodigal daughter returns was one of the first that I thought of I'm I'm sharing these out of chronological order um but one (laughs) of the ones that really comes to mind um in season one is kiss and tell you know that moment oh yeah where they're in the room and they're trying to pick the outfit I just feel like that is so mother-daughter cozy vibes like her finally telling Lorelai about the kiss and she's like why did you do it wrong I love that um I also love in that episode when they're at the diner mm-hmm. and Lorelai's like trying to get her oh, to yeah. tell her yeah like that feels like so like, oh I know so fictional mom of her yeah and I love kind of the I love the moment between Lorelai and Mrs. Kim Oh, yeah. In that episode. And speaking of, another episode that came to mind for me was I Get a Sidekick Out of You. I feel like that's such a huge turning point for Lane and Mrs. Kim in the way that Lane, you know, kind of gets to witness her mom and the way that her relationship with her mom is. You're so right. And then also Lorelai making her dress for her. So she's got like her pseudo parent and her real mom and, you know, the ways in which you've seen their relationship kind of evolve and come to this apex of like... I'm going to wear earplugs tonight and I hope you have a great time. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Rips her skirt, rips her skirt off. Oh my God. It's Such so good. Moment. So I love that episode. And also kind of kicking it back to season one. I feel like Concert Interruptus is also a good mother-daughter episode. Yeah. I know oh, that it stresses you out. mom mode. Oh, it really does. But totally. she is like mama bear. But I think that there's something so beautiful about her relinquishing these tickets that she has probably wanted for so so long and just randomly Suki attained and I think that the fact that she gives them to her daughter so that she can have a really good night out with her friends but still be there to experience it together is really really cool oh I love that and then the other one that came to mind was to live and let diorama Oh, because of that scene at the end where Lorelai is holding Rory in the bathroom and she's just like, why doesn't he like me? It's just classic mother daughter. Yeah. You know, so those are the ones that came to mind for me. I think the only other one that I want to add is maybe the pilot. Oh, just like, you know. That's just like, it's the setup. That's all like the whole point of this show is the mother daughter relationship. So it's just yeah. like, mm, I, I know. love. I know. Uh, I'm sure we there are so many. I mean, forever. we could go on and on and on, but those were the ones yeah. that I really, really loved. I think that the epitome of that is the Lorelai's first day of Yale. First day of yeah. Yale. I like honestly think that's one of the best episodes of the series. Like, I if you're watching totally this for agree. the two of them, I totally like, agree. Uh, 
kind of makes me want to cry. Like, I know. I'm not going to cry today. I know. I might. Well, um, you can. We'll see what happens. No one's stopping you. <laughs> there are no rules here. That's true. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. That's true. Um, but we did also hear from some of our besties. This first phone call that I'm about to play is actually one that called in about Mother's Day. But a lot of the voicemails that we pulled were from the past um, because yeah. we actually have had a lot of callers call in. We have such a high volume of voicemails. And I thought this yeah. was a really good opportunity to play some that I've come across in the past um, that speak to mother-daughter relationships. But this first voicemail is from our bestie, Val. Hi, Karen Haley. This is Val. Um, for the Mother's Day episode, I wanted to talk about Emily and Lorelai. I love Emily. She's like my favorite character ever. And I actually, hot take, think she's a really good mom. I mean, she was pretty tough on Lorelai growing up, but I think Lorelai's pretty tough on her now. And Emily was there for her when Lorelai was pregnant and in her own way. But anyway, that's not the point. Um, The point is my favorite part or, like, moment between them is at the end of Hammers and Veils when uh, Lorelai, like, goes over to Emily's house and is like, what should I wear? I don't know which veil to wear. And Emily's like, I wore tiara. And that's, like, their little bit of, like, a moment together. And I think it's really sweet. And, like, their relationship will never be what, Rory and Lorelai's is, but I think they have their own relationship that I think is really sweet and like, although challenging at times, I think it works. And yeah, love them. Bye. How do you feel about that? I do love that moment. Like, oh, I do too. Is definitely like that's if we could pick out because I think I was trying to pick out episodes that like the whole whole arc kind mm. of felt um that way. But if we could pick out moments like. That's a really great moment between the two of them. It also reminded me of there's the rub when they like really had the Oh my god, there's the rub. Oh my god, what a mother daughter relationship. I cannot believe I didn't say that. It's like my favorite episode. I was really surprised. Oh my god. I I can't believe I forgot about that. Dang. But so that's what that reminded me of. But um I do really love that moment, Val. The idea that Emily is a really good mom, I take issue with if only because like I think it's like in her own way is really kind of like the crux of that. Like, I don't think that it's like fair of anyone to like look at a mom and be like, you are a good mom or you are a bad mom, unless you're like really neglecting and being terrible to your kids. Sure. Like, there, there's there's definite, definitely ways that like is definitely you are classified as a bad mom. Mm-hmm. But... I think that the thing about Emily is, like, she's so conditional. Yeah. And it's just, like, she is really harsh towards Lorelai. So I think calling her a really good mom is exaggerating because we love this character. Val did mention she was one of her favorite characters. I love the character of Emily, but, like, I don't think I would want Emily as my mom. Yeah. No, I I totally, totally agree with that. I was going to say the same thing, something similar, is that I, I feel like, speaking in absolutes about whether or not Emily was a good mom or a bad mom is a really, really tough thing to do. And I think we talked about this in our Emily episode because a lot of how we perceive Emily is based on the relationship she has with other people, i.e. Lorelai, Richard, Rory, etc. I think it's really hard. And actually, before we continue this conversation, I want to play our second voicemail because I think that it will juxtapose this one. Oh, interesting. Okay. Emily Gilmore is not a good mom. She's not a good mom. And... I'm really tired of so many people in the Gilmore Girls community just 
forgiving and letting everything that Emily does go. She's not a good mom. A good mom, a 16-year-old with a baby doesn't move out of their house to have no money who had good parents. A good mom doesn't make it so their grown daughter doesn't want to tell them things. A good mom doesn't try and break up her daughter's relationship because she thinks the guy with her isn't good enough for her purely because he doesn't have money. Emily Gilmore is not a good mom. She's such a good character, and she has such good character growth, but she's not a good mom. She's not. And I don't understand why nobody else in the community seems to acknowledge that. They just seem to think that because she's a good character and she has good growth, it makes her a good person. But she's not a good mom, and she's not Team Lorelai all the way. Are you kidding me? She tries to break up her daughter's relationship. How is that being Team Lorelai? I think she gets there. I think she gets there. But in the early seasons, until she completely loses Lorelai for being a bitch and breaking up her relationship, because, again, let me remind you, it's not like she doesn't like Luke because he's mean to her or abusive. He doesn't have enough money. He doesn't have money. So she's not. he's not good enough. That's bullshit. That's terrible. Emily Gilmore is not a good mother. She doesn't give a fuck about her daughter. She doesn't care. She wants her daughter to fit into her mold. And until middle of season five, she doesn't accept that that's not the point. A good mom doesn't, when her daughter says that their relationship doesn't work out, doesn't look at her and say, what did you do? You flip from man to man. Emily Gilmore is not a good mom. She's not. Why? I don't understand why everyone is just like, oh, it's fine. She does this, but it's okay. And I don't care what kind of child that she has. It doesn't give you a right to be a bad person and to be mean. She's a great character. She's so wonderful as a character and her growth, and she gets to this really good place. But overall, she's not a good mom. She's just not. And I'm so sick of this. She's not a good mom. Do you think this person felt like maybe she wasn't a good mom? (laughs) That could not have been a more perfect juxtaposition to that one. (laughs) Oh, man. I love Love the passion. I love the like, passion. Oh my god! Unnamed yes, anonymous please. bestie. I love how passionately you feel about I this. Know. That was incredible. I know. Well, because I, she poses a really, really good question. Good character. Yeah, that's like that's a or good mom because like yeah. that is kind of I think the argument that sometimes weaves it, its way into the Jess Mariano argument because a lot of Team Jess is like he was a good boyfriend. He was the best boyfriend for Rory, and I'm like. He was not a good boyfriend. Like, we can acknowledge (laughs) that we love his character and that his growth moved really beautifully through the series and that, like, maybe we think he's the best matched for Rory, if that is the argument you want to pose. But please don't say he was a good boyfriend. And I think that that's what we're being met with here with Emily. Yeah. And I think the thing is, because we really, in the instance of Jess, but to keep it about Emily, it's like, we see, like, their internal life as Mm. much as, like, the show allows us to. So we feel their feelings with them Mm -hmm. and we know how much things hurt them but like like this caller said um very very emphatically is that like that doesn't excuse anything Mm -hmm. I agreed with like almost every single point but I think the only thing that I want to clarify is that she said that she's not team Lorelai all the way that I think that when we say that she's team Lorelai it doesn't mean that she's doing things that Lorelai would want her to do Mm -hmm. it's she's like made it her life's mission to improve Lorelai's life and will do 
anything it takes to do that, including being awful to Lorelai mm-hmm. in order for Lorelai to have the life that Emily wants her to have. Yeah. Which I yeah. don't think is like, like in the same way that I would want to be like team Tara and like help you and do what you wanted to do with mm-hmm. your life. That's not how Emily is team Lorelai. It's right. I know it's best and I'm going to yes. make it happen how I want to to happen yeah that's what we mean when we talk about team Lorelai I I definitely definitely don't think that uh Lorelai that Emily is constantly being like oh Lorelai will love that I'm doing this oh this is genuinely um something she'll love I think it's moreover that she does these things truly thinking and that doesn't make this not toxic what I'm about to say she does these things thinking it's going to improve Lorelai's life or that what she thinks is best for Lorelai and that doesn't make it okay but that's what we mean when we say she's team Lorelai we feel like her purview is that like she's doing these things for Lorelai I don't think she does them with malicious intention but she does them with incredibly self-indulgent intention very selfish it's like Lorelai's her little doll but she will she will kind of fight tooth and nail for this bad intention that she has I mean I don't think she ever has bad intentions for her but like well-meaning I don't even know that's well-meaning no Um, I don't know that it is necessarily but it's always this meddling you know kind of uh energy that she brings forth and I completely agree with this person, like, because you, I, there's always the TikToks that are like, wow, like, all Lorelai had to do was go to dinner and her parents paid for her daughter's private school education. But it's like more of just like, like, I love that idea. I say that all the time, too. Like, on paper, it's wild. But when you actually think about how they treated her, does like giving her money mean that like they're paying to treat her however they want to? Right. So it's like, which end of it do you want? Right. No, I totally agree with you. The other thing that I didn't completely agree with when it came to our very passionate bestie, I think she said something to the effect of, um, I don't care what her childhood was. I don't care what kind of environment she grew up in. I think she said something to that effect. It's not a direct quote, but something to the effect of like your childhood doesn't necessarily matter. You know how to be a good person. And I think that that's true to a certain extent. I don't think that Emily has ever used that as an excuse. The only time we we hear that that is in There's the Rub. I wasn't taught to be friends with my daughter. That's kind of the only real example we get about her upbringing as far as what her relationship with her mother was like. But I disagree to a certain extent because, yeah, your childhood can really inform your tendencies and your behaviors as a human being. And then subsequently, it can really inform the way that you behave as a parent. But if your child is telling you that that doesn't work for them, which Lorelai has several times, then maybe it's time to pivot and figure out what the best course of action is. It doesn't mean that Emily had to be best friends with Lorelai. That was, I don't think, ever the intention. But Lorelai was like, oh, ma'am, I just need you to hear me. I I felt like I had no air in your house. I was suffocated. I was this, I was that. And I think that there's a certain point that you reach as an adult in any relationship but I imagine when you have a child where like if they're telling you that something you're doing is wrong you have to kind of inwardly reflect and be like what did I do wrong and I think her like this bestie said leaving at like this caller said leaving at 16 years old that would cause me to go okay what did I do and I feel like Emily did ask that question but completely rhetorically she was like what did I do? All I did was give you a good home and all I did was give you this and give you that. She never really wanted to get to the bottom of why Lorelai left. She just wanted to be angry about it. 
the thing with that is like um the childhood part of it aside just because I don't know anything about Emily's so that would be like entirely us doing some fan fiction and projecting about it with Emily like asking herself like what did I do wrong that requires a lot of like either self-awareness that she seems to completely lack or like unwillingness to like investigate what the cycle is between the two of you and actually own up to your part in it which Mm -hmm. like most real people are completely unwilling to do so to actually see a tv show character do it would have been honestly wild so I think that that's part of it is like how how self-aware was she of this and her part that she played yeah and like then would how willing would she have been to fix it because like the only thing that comes to mind is like spring is when they're in therapy Mm -hmm. there was not there was not a lot of um seeing eye to eye there that like their self-awareness was not not very clear yeah for sure and I completely agree with that but I think that um to kind of bring this subject home I I don't think that the show would have been nearly as interesting if Emily had just bent to everything that her daughter hoped yeah. she would be and vice versa. She's a, she's a great character. Like our bestie said, like she's like, she goes through so much and like seeing her, like the way she acts towards Lorelai, but then yeah. getting these like glimpses of how she feels. Like after she finds out that Lorelai's engaged through Suki, like it's, she has so much depth and such an interesting arc, but does that make a good mother? Yeah, no, I think that I understand Uh, Kind of taking it back to your initial thought after listening to our first voicemail, I think that it's very, very challenging to say that somebody is a bad mother and I or a good mother, and I still stand by that even after listening to both sides of this, (laughs) Um, because I agree with both of them in a lot of ways. Um, I think that your perspective and your experiences are what dictate whether or not you think someone is a good or a bad mother. But I think that's such an absolute, that's such an absolute thing to put on a human being that like, you know, I, I've i thought about this a lot as I approach my 30s. And I don't know if I'm ever going to have kids. Here. I'm here. Um, <laughs> You've approached. This. I've approached. I'm in it. Um, but I've thought about this a lot over the last few years. If I, if I do ever have kids, you know, I would want to be given and I'm not saying I'm going to act like Emily Gilmore, but I would want to be given grace and space through my mistakes because we're still human beings. And I think that as children, we kind of forget that our parents are people. Yeah. And that like like, they're just doing their best. Exactly. Oh, my mom was a person. (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of. And and especially for me, you know, I was the firstborn. So I was like, wow, y'all were just really like flying by the seat of your pants. (laughs) Freewheeling out here. Yeah, truly. So I think that that's why I think it's hard to put those absolute titles on people as like a bad mom, a good mom, a bad person, a good person. You know, what defines those things? And I think it's different for everybody. So I respect both of these callers' opinions and perspectives. But thought it was spicy, needed to play. Yeah, that was an amazing uh, transition. Tara and I were like, just like the absolute <laughs> like certainty with which our second caller, second bestie, very uh, passionately explained her opinion was, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know (laughs) you've told me that you wear them 
while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tacovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tacovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tacovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tacovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tacovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. On that topic, I have another voicemail that I want to play from our bestie, Charlotte. Hi, it's Charlotte. Um, uh, I love you guys, and I have a hot take. I hate Miss Kim. Why is why is she so over controlling? Like, like the my main problem is how okay Lorelai is with Mrs. Kim's parenting style. Like, I don't know. She makes such a big deal about how Emily is like the worst villain ever, and then is completely okay with how. Mrs. Kim parents Lane, which is like arguably so much worse than how she had it. I just wanted to like know how you feel about that. I love you. So I loved this because I've never thought about this before. We have talked a lot about how Lorelai's a little bit of a hypocrite when it comes to her relationship with Mrs. Kim, but I've never thought about the hypocrisy that lies in the fact that she respects Mrs. Kim's parenting style and villainizes her own mother, even though I would argue that Mrs. Kim and Emily have two very similar parenting styles in how controlling they are of their children and that they also kind of lost their children, lost the relationship they had with their daughters because their daughters were like, I got to go. I can't live this way anymore. Um, It was very different, of course, but very similar. Yeah. She is so respectful of Mrs. Kim and her parenting because like they have like the quote unquote mom code. She can't lie to Mrs. Kim except for when she does and she doesn't care to Mm -hmm. do so. Um, But she, when she does run away and she was like, I have to tell Mrs. Kim, like Mm -hmm. I had to call her. I had to, if it was you, I would need to know where you were. Um, But when she ran away from home and Mia didn't call Emily Mm -hmm. in, uh, what is it, ins and outs of ins when she shows up and tells her that, Mm -hmm. um, Emily was like, I would have called her mother if she would showed up. Like, because Mia kind of poses the question of like, what would you have done? Mm. Another good mother-daughter vibe episode. 
also like mother like daughter. I meant to say that one too. Dang. That wow. One is I really literally in the title. <laughs> literally I I wow. I had it and everything was and I shouting when we they were all screaming at that us. One. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry besties. But yeah, it's just like that idea of like Emily seems to have the same respect for mother to mother that Lorelai does. Mm-hmm. But Lorelai does not have that towards her own mother. Mm. Which like as hypocritical as it is, it does make sense because, like, Lorelai is, like, such a child when it comes to her mom, which is fair. It's her mom. But she's very childish in the way that she approaches it. Um, but, yeah, that's really interesting because Mrs. Kim is so hard on Lane. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's interesting because, like, you can understand where Lorelai is coming from in that she offers Lane that solace from a controlling mother. But... She respects Mrs. Kim so much or or she speaks to respecting Mrs. Kim so much and respecting her parenting style and being like, I have to respect her. She's another mother. And it's like, but yeah, <laughs> the entire premise of the show is that like <laughs> you don't really uh, I don't want to say yeah. she doesn't respect her mother. I don't want to say that because I don't know that that's true. I don't yeah. know that I want to make that statement. We'd have to, we'd have to, we'd have to really dive into that. But it's moreover that she doesn't agree with the way that her mother parented her. Yeah. So she's trying to find maybe shortcuts for Lane and loopholes for herself in order to like justify why she uh, is okay sometimes lying to Mrs. Kim. It's very interesting. Yeah. Does she ever speak ill of Mrs. Kim? Like, because I don't even feel like with, I feel like if, if so, it's like done in a joking way. Like, um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like, because like she does let Lane kind of like, you know, vent about it, but it's always like kind of uh, brushed off with a joke a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like for the sake of like the levity of the show or the sake of Lorelai to Lane about like not Speaking encouraging it. Yeah. And, like not like giving her that like almost like validation to talk about her mom that way. Um, but mm. Lorelai seems like maybe she wouldn't care, but she really does. You know what I'm wondering as we're having this conversation? I wonder if her trying to respect Mrs. Kim and give her grace is like an overcorrection for her own mom. I wonder. I don't know if it's even that like um, well thought because out. Because she tries to have conversations with her when she goes over and talks to Mrs. Kim. She really advocates for Lane. She does. And she, but she tries to do it in a way where she wants Mrs. Kim to know, like, I respect you as a parent. I'm just trying to offer you a different perspective. And so it almost feels like maybe it's a little bit of, maybe overcorrection is not the word, but maybe she's just trying to offer Mrs. Kim guidance so that they don't end up having the same kind of relationship that Lorelai has Mm -hmm. with her own mother. Because, like, even when Lane leaves... And she, yes, and she ends up staying at Lorelai. She's like, make sure your mom knows where you are, please. You know, she's very conscious of that. Or is there anyone that you want me to pass a message mm -hmm. to? She really still encourages the two of them to have a relationship. Interesting. Right? That's so interesting and something I've never really thought about until I listened to this voicemail. Yeah. Wow. I know. Oh, my gosh. I just have, it's just like my mind is like kind of like running around in circles at this one. Because it's like, I don't really know, I don't really know what the answer is. Because Mrs. Kim, like, as a character, is closest to Emily in terms of, like, mothers on this show. But yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think on that a lot I know. more than just, than just this. Yeah. yeah she really does respect Mrs. Kim and yeah. the way that she parents. Almost like she doesn't want to get in the way of it. Right. But 
I wonder if she in some ways wishes that there would have been a Lorelai to Mrs. Kim in the same way that there would have been a someone to Emily to be like, don't be so hard on your daughter. She's great. Yeah, totally. Sad. We'll definitely have to revisit (laughs) this because I think this could be a whole episode. Yeah. Once I have some more thoughts about yeah. that, I actually want to know what you guys think about that. Yeah, me too. I'm very curious about that. Yeah. But more thoughts. A very, very valid point to bring more to up. More to consider. More to consider, for sure. Um, so on the topic of Lorelai, we actually had a caller call in about the relationship that she has with her daughter and what kind of journey she's gone through in comparing her relationship with her daughter to the characters on Gilmore Girls. So let's hear from Anna Claire. Hi, besties. This is Anna Claire. My daughter and I have watched Gilmore Girls together several times over the last six or seven years. There was a time when I considered myself Lori, and my mom was Lorelai, and my grandmother was Emily. Now that my daughter is older, I see myself as Lorelai, and she's Rory, and there are definitely qualities that my mother has now that she's older that would make her an Emily. My daughter's named after me in the same way that Rory's named after Lorelai, And we even laugh a lot about the fact that she dated someone like Dean, and now he completely gives us both the ick. We are both Team Logan, but we also swing for Jess. We love your podcast and have stayed up late chatting about some deep topics that were spawned from listening to the pod. We have the kind of relationship that Lorelai and Rory have. So knowing what that sort of mother-daughter relationship feels like, My question is, do you think that if Lorelai had given a more positive reaction to Logan's proposal, that Rory would have been more inclined to say yes? Because everything Rory had been planning for her future, Logan was offering to her. He offered her adventure and love and a journalistic empire at her fingertips. I think Rory was intrigued by the world that opened up to her through her grandparents. And I think the fact that Lorelai always snubbed it as often as she did put doubt in Rory's mind. She always valued Lorelai's opinion and ultimately wanted to please her mom. And Logan was part of that world. I think for that reason, there was always doubt about Logan in the back of her mind. Even if Lorelai didn't intend to put that doubt in Rory's mind, I think that's ultimately what she did. Because she was inclined to keep her feelings for Logan a secret, even before they were dating. Because at one point, Richard knew more about the two of them than Lorelai did. And then Lorelai really dogged on the Life and Death Brigade after Rory wrote her article for the Yale Daily News. I think Rory was always afraid of Lorelai's judgment. The same way that they were music snobs, I feel like Lorelai was a snob about not being part of that world. So I'm just curious as to what you think about what could have possibly happened between Rory and Logan if Lorelai had been more receptive to Rory's curiosity of that whole world, since Lorelai essentially wanted nothing to do with it. Love you guys and can't wait to hear your thoughts. Oh my gosh! I know so much to so much. There's so much to say. First of all, Anna Claire, I'm so so happy that you and your daughter listen to our show, and I it just sounds like you guys have a really beautiful relationship. So we're so happy that you're here. It seems they're named after. Oh yeah, the same name. Yeah, I love that so much too. There's a lot to unpack. And of course, the the reason I picked it was twofold. I loved that she got into the relationship and compared it to. 
uh, the relationship she has with her mom and then her grandmother and how growing up that was kind of compared to the characters on the show. But then once she had a daughter, how that kind of shifted. But then I love also the change of heart there. Me too. But I also loved, uh, of course, I chose it for you. The fact that she goes into <laughs> posing a really. Um, a question that is very specifically tuned to Logan and Rory in the proposal, but kind of begs the question of how much of Rory's decision making was influenced by her mom. And that's something we've been exploring a lot on Patreon because we're in the midst of season three when Rory is kind of faced with this reality that she can't just apply to Harvard and she's kind of like looking at Yale a little bit, like side eyeing Yale and, you know, how deeply she feels like she's going to hurt her mother by doing that and recognizing that a lot of Rory's thoughts, feelings, opinions are influenced by Lorelai. So <laughs> I guess my question and her question is how deeply do you feel like that was impacted by Lorelai? Um, her, propo- her accepting the proposal first in general and then second to accepting or rejecting Logan's proposal. Well, the thing is, is like, even if Lorelai... Like, because I think the thing was that she was like, I'm not going to give an opinion was kind of like the vibe that she had for that. But it's like, when have you never had an opinion? I think is what Suki says to this is like, that's enough of an opinion for Rory. Like, that was enough of a doubt to put into her. And I don't think she's going to do anything like make that sort of big decision in her life that her mom has not come around to. Right. And, like, it's kind of hard because I'm, like, this is the season seven of it all, but, like, really just, like, trying to, like, root into these characters and, like, what we know from them from past seasons and, like, you know, what their actions were here um, rather than the fan fiction that I like to write in my head. But these other big decisions that she made, you know, like, it's, like, I can really just think of, like, going to Chilton, she she got onto Lorelai's side about it because she wanted to stay at Stars Hollow High for Dean, LOL. And then she wanted to go to Yale over Harvard, but Lorelai came around to that idea and she was really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then Rory dropping out of Yale, Lorelai was not excited about it and they stopped talking. Mm-hmm. And so then there's this like moment of like, Rory's making the decision of like who she's going to marry and like if she doesn't get divorced, spend the rest of her life with and Lorelai doesn't have an opinion. Like I would doubt it too if we right. had this relationship like this thus far can I say that I think that a, a much more interesting rejection from Rory would have been if Lorelai really approved mm. the whole idea is that Rory rejected it because like she wants to see the world and she doesn't know what she wants and so she's gonna go off and do this whole thing but like at the end of the day it still feels like an opinion of Lorelai's that she's you know not fully accepting maybe what she wants I mean maybe this is fully what she wanted but right Lorelai really influences it but I feel like it would have really hit home that it really was her decision if Lorelai would have been really for it I don't know but right. but like she never was um I think up until the letter that she wrote for Logan she started to be kind of like team Logan but we never really saw it because we right. didn't really see any of them together in season six yeah and then season seven just keeps them apart even more which is like that's the biggest fucking thing that I don't understand like, why did Logan and Lorelai not spend more time together? I know. Um, even if just to antagonize each other. Like, totally. the way that Jess did. So, yeah. like, he, he was so far removed from them anyways that... Yeah. I, I don't know. know. I think I think if she had been supportive, um, I think it probably would have gone differently. Um, I don't know how differently. But... No, but I, I agree with you. It would have been really, really interesting to have it go exactly the same way. Yeah. 
to have Lorelai be like, yeah, you should do this and have Rory go, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And like really do it because truly it was her decision, Mm. even if Lorelai was like for it, because otherwise you're like, yeah, well, well, I put the doubt in your head by like not giving you any sense of how she felt. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would rather Lorelai been like, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. I just have like one way or the other, but, um. I don't want to say that she would have said yes, Mm. but like the idea of her like uh, being more supportive of Rory being a part of um, this world, I never really understood why she was like, she pushed her into it. Where did she think she was going to end up when being like, you need to go to Harvard, you need to go to Harvard? She didn't think she was never going to meet anyone. She just expected her to have that same disdain that she would, which I feel like this is much more of like a... I don't know. I don't really feel like we've ever had like a direct like Lorelai and Rory episode, which is kind of hard because it's like the whole plot. Of I the mean, literally, TV show. the entire show is about that. But yeah, no, you're right. I I don't know if maybe Yale was a symbol of all of that. And Harvard was not. Despite the fact. <laughs> yeah. But despite the fact that they're both Ivy League schools, I don't know why Lorelai was naive to think that that wouldn't happen. Um, yeah. If she was, I don't know. This is I another one know. of those that I'm like, this poses a very interesting question. I that- know, but that's what I love about our Gilmore to yeah. Consider episodes. And when our listeners call in is that they give us a lot to think about. So maybe, again, more to say. Again, I want to know what you guys think. Maybe we should, Um, we always forget to do it when we say, but maybe put a poll up. Do you think that Lori would have said yes if Lori would have, Lorelai would have been supportive of Logan's engagement? Ooh, Yeah. Great, great question to pose. If we remember to pose it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but for now, yeah, I'm not sure what that answer is. And I, I really turn to you for that because I know you have such stronger opinions on I that opinions. than I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love that Anna Claire called in and I uh, love that they're here listening along with us. Yeah, Anna Claire and Anna Claire. Yeah, I'm also glad that we were able to explore kind of a lot of the mother-daughter relationships just in these three voicemails, you know, between Emily imposing, well, four, we played four voicemails, but three kind of topics of, you know, Emily is a mother, Mrs. Kim is a mother, Lorelai is a mother, um, because those are, those are the three major relationships here. Yeah. All with varying opinions. I know. <laughs> Some rather passionately, which like, I don't know who that bestie was, but like, I honestly want to hear more of your opinions. I know. Oh, my God. I loved it. See, I wish I was that, like, sometimes I really wish that I was that vehemently, like, set on something. Because I I feel like oftentimes I can be easily swayed, even if I feel very distinctly about something. If someone presents me with new information, I'm like, okay, yeah, I see that. Like, I'm very good at seeing the other side of an argument um, or just a conversation, a discussion. But man, I wish I felt that passionately about something. I know. I would love to have a Gilmore to consider that's just people who, like, they feel so that passionately. Like, nothing can sway you and your opinions. Yeah. Um, even if it's, like, that bestie in particular who just wants to call with a bunch of different, very passionate opinions. Totally. Totally. <laughs> that's what I love Gilmore to consider for. I do, too. So we mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but it's finally happening. Uh, Sheila Lawrence is joining us on the podcast for our next episode, and I am... So excited. Yeah, I'm excited because she's really excited. She, she really is wanted really to make excited. This I know. She we're so grateful because she took time out of this like whirlwind of kind of this upheaval of her life of she's the picketing. writer strike. And so for her to be able to sit down with us is honestly even more exciting than it was before. Yeah. 
and we'll have more to say on that in the next episode. If you want more Gilmore to say, join us on Patreon where you can listen to our spoiler-full rewatch podcast, Gilmore Revisited, where we're currently watching season three. You can also join us for live watches, our community Discord page, and get monthly merch discounts to our old-fashioned merch shop at gilmoretosay.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Gilmore to Say Podcast, where you can stay up to date on all things Gilmore to Say.